When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Ebony and Irony Podcast. You have had a birthday this past weekend. Tell us all about it. Girl, well, you know, I got all four of my wisdom teeth ripped out of my face on Wednesday. And my birthday was on Friday. So I couldn't do much. I was I just literally sat in bed and um, got a lot of lovely posts on from fans and friends and family and um, calls and texts. But I just sat in bed and I drank butternut squash soup and seltzer water and that's literally all i did on my birthday well that is a great story if you're ever booked on a late night chat show remember that story because it's a doozy (laughs) do you have all of your wisdom teeth still bunny do you have all of your wisdom left i have no wisdom really i will say you have very nice teeth i need to bleach them because I've been drinking hot coffee. No. I drink I drink like a beauty queen, even though I'm not one. I drink uh, coffee, iced coffee with straws so it doesn't darken my teeth. Um, that's oh. an old beauty, a southern beauty queen. You don't drink iced tea except out of a straw. So, um, But now I've been drinking oh. hot coffee to warm up, and you know it does make your teeth darker. I can't tell from um, your uh, three-megapixel camera, but your teeth look lovely through this lens. I thought you were going to say, I can't tell from your three teeth. <laughs> <laughs> well that's a given we all know that we all know that uh, but i have a question so on drag race like almost every episode if not multiple times an episode they do this thing well they would be like oh she's wearing a fascinator they were like fascinator i don't even know her they do that i don't even know her literally every episode multiple times i and it literally drives me insane well god forbid that drag race should ever retread the same territory i mean i watched the (laughs) beginning of season 13 and uh you know candy walked in looking like a cross between pam anderson and the tasmanian devil and uh (laughs) and said um you know oh i'm here to slay work i mean it's like this is season 13 and you this is all 
all we get. Okay, the same thing. Okay. I thought it was interesting, though, that the second queen was kind of self-deprecating and just not all that slay. This is not RuPaul's best friend race. You know, I mean, it was just like a little bit a little bit different. And then, then they did the lip sync. And um, I, I, I'm not one of these people that gets behind the people just because they're the contestants because they're in my city. But I was and I know that there's selective editing, but I was kind of like, did the white nerdy queen just outdance the Dominican heifer? I was like, that doesn't happen much. That doesn't happen much in real life. Joey J, she was she she literally came in saying, "I'm shit. My my drag is shit. I'm a filler queen. I will probably go home soon." Literally, that's how she entered. I was like, "That is different. It's definitely a different approach." Well, I mean, when you've got 13 seasons, you have to give them something a little bit different. And, you know, I thought her look was good. It's not, you know, a crimped white wig that's flat. It's not my kind of look, but there's there's got to be room, you know, for all kinds. I mean, I'm not going to ever be too wild about lip syncing to Call Me Maybe. And I can't imagine paying to see drag queens who are lip syncing to Call Me Maybe. So let's hope that their act in real life off of the show is more interesting. Well, speaking of queens that are different, and uh, Drag Race, it was different. Last season was very different in Drag Race, but for a lot of different reasons. And it brings us to the headline of this episode. Hit it. The other day with me and a bunch of other queens saying that Sherry Pie was managed by Spectrum Talent Agency, which, you know, I've worked with and did me and all the other queens tweeted, um, you know, have anything to say or weigh in, I guess, was the the goal. And I just thought, wow, okay. Um, (laughs) So I've never even seen Sherry on Drag Race. I've never, you know, worked with them. So now I have to debate the queen. She's on another show that I've never seen I mean, you know, I was like, this is this is this is a bit much. But for people who don't know the story of Sherry Pie, let's go into that because she was she was a competitor on season 12 and it was Mm -hmm. revealed by multiple accusers that she had posed as a casting agent and tricked them into doing all kinds of things from masturbating on video to Mm -hmm. um taking steroids mm-hmm. uh even getting them to hold off on other jobs and family stuff while she posed as someone who had roles for them right yes and she did it all under the alias of allison mossy and um the drag race fandom was quick to jump on it and be like this is disgusting it's revolting how fucking dare you and um and drew falls drag race the show from the second episode i think it was they started putting a disclaimer before every episode we do not condone these actions um we had no idea about this behavior and sherry pie and and, and for, for all intents and purposes she was pretty much edited out of the whole season like there was th- there were some things that were unavoidable like some sh- obviously shots and things with her so they had to keep those in but like all of her confessionals were gone they didn't show her runway looks like she was pretty much gone from the edit of the show oh she got canceled quicker than aj and the queen <laughs> I mean, you know, I was thinking about, wow, uh, you know, Sherry may be persona non grata in the drag race world, but I mean, she fooled everyone to thinking she was a woman and got all these hot guys. I've hired her as my acting coach. <laughs> oh, my God. 
<laughs> I will say I am very happy with how swift RuPaul's Drag Race uh, 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 acted on it. I think it was a really smart choice. And again, to get her off of this show, like, I mean, expedi- I mean, as soon as the story broke, it like it broke after like I feel like right before the premiere of the first episode or maybe right uh, right after something like that it, it, the story broke they like they then proceeded to edit the entire rest of the season which as we know that's not probably a not cheap it was probably a lot to do but I think it was the, the um the smart choice to do it uh, I just I did, but and I guess a lot of this was covert so they wouldn't find it but I know when they do like when any company does like background checks on you bitch they find every single thing that you have done and I, not just draggers I've done some other things things where they do a background check on you and i mean if i commented in 2011 that i hated altoids because they made my pussies stink or something i'm just saying random ass shit but they find that and they give you like you get this fucking bible of everything you've ever said online or done and anything that they have flagged and you get like literally everything so i'm like so it's so crazy how that did it pop up but again this is all done under aliases and very covert so it's it was hard for anyone to find it and in case there's any older viewers my age, this is called catfishing. Now, I mean, you know, catfishing is when you claim that you're someone who doesn't look like your photo. Now, I may have used on a dating app photos that were 15 years old, but they were still me. You know, <laughs> I mean, this was yeah. the, what Sherry did was very involved, very elaborate. Um, you know, I with with multiple accusers she says on this Tamron Hall show which is why we're discussing this because Tamron yeah. Hall gave her an, an interview she says that there may be additional guys come forward now what i want to talk about is that i'm seeing some occasions where um you know this the, the the language is going wild for example daily beast says drag race contestant and admitted sexual predator yahoo says admitted sexual predator sherry pie perez also admitted sexual predator sherry pie now she has apologized and therefore admitted the allegations but if you go to miriam webster dictionary the definition of a sexual predator is a person who has committed a sexually violent offense and especially one who is likely to commit more sexual offenses. Did Sherry commit a sexually violent offense? Was there violence or even sex? I mean, this could I'm, be sexual misconduct, sexual manipulation, financial fraud. You know, I mean, it mm. it. I, I don't know if it is sexual predator, according to. I mean, listen, Merriam-Webster's a very old book. Do we need to change it because of online stuff like this and catfishing? I don't know. Yeah, um, and and just to give a, a little more context, so so this happened. Uh, uh, season twelve was obviously like a year ago. So th- this has been um, since the allegations like came to the surface. Everyone found out about it. It's been about a year since it since it since it all went down. And then Tamron Hall, who has a daily talk show on ABC at ten a.m., um, they put out the weekend uh, last weekend that they were gonna bring Sherry Pie for her first interview. Now, Sherry Pie has since honestly disappeared from social media. She has not been. She has not posted anything in a year she has not been seen uh, people did say they saw her during the black lives matter protests um in around june and there's this picture of her in like this like black black 
sweatpants, black shirt, black like cardigan, like a black witch hat. Well, not and by witch hat I mean like those like hats with the brim. And so no one has seen, heard anything from Sherry in over a year. So when this came out that Tamron Hall was having on the show, it was like, whoa, like for real. People thought it was like doctored, it wasn't like a real picture, and then the Tamron Hall show tweeted and confirmed it. Right. So a lot of people, including the victims and the one who has kind of been spearheading all the victims, his name is Ben Shimkus. He said he tweeted at the Tamron Hall. So just so we are all clear on this, I spoke with producers at the Tamron Hall show and told them that I and the 20 victims that I spoke to today do not want them to air a segment with Sherry Pie. They're going to air it despite the all of our requests and um a lot of people were like yeah 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 i agree and while i do again what sherry pie did was disgusting it was deplorable it was very deleterious behavior we have seen like uh people uh have given interviews to serial killers to sociopaths to psychopaths people who tamron hall so at, at the top of the segment she said let me be very clear i have interviewed many people then she gave a story about how she was either in the room or interviewed the guy who like killed her sister she was like i am no i am in no way shape or form trying to give sherry a platform to sell a book or whatever like i'm not here i am here simply to give an interview so we know what's going on and and yes this is really big in the queer community but for spaces that tamron hall may occupy as being a black woman and people who probably watch her show probably have no idea about the situation and i think she was so she was being very clear that that's the point she was coming from and not to give sherry pie a platform to sell herself or to absolve herself from any wrongdoing yes and now tamron hall is so unbelievably gorgeous that i i, I had to watch it twice just to process it because i mean she looks like shangela meets jasmine guy meets J diana ross and mm -hmm. you know the, and monet exchange the, well, some black divas look great in short hair. Do you hear that, Monet? Some. <laughs> some do. Um, I watched the interview, and you did too, Monet, right? Yeah, I did, yeah. Tamron said, in reference to having on Sherry Pie, it's not giving away your platform. It's an interview, and people who do bad things are interviewed, which is true. Now, there's was some other commentator that Tamron had on that said Sherry shouldn't be interviewed because it sheds a bad light on the gay community. Well, we're not trying to hide what the gay community does. It does all kinds of things. Just because one person does something, you know, that is twisted like this doesn't right. mean that all of them are. And if you're going to be all about drag and all about LGBT culture, this is part of it. Now, that doesn't what, what my problem is, 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 is that I don't I'm reading a lot of these things that where the people think that they control who goes on a TV show as a guest. You know, for example, you said that you thought that Drag Race handled it well. Out Magazine claimed that they should have canceled the whole season. So people look at this That's in different ways. And, right, I don't think so either. But, uh, I mean, I think they should cancel every season. No, but Tamron, <laughs> uh, Tamron you know, d defended herself. Now, in one thing, she really laid it on thick and said that, you know, everyone was saying that she needs to do her research and she wouldn't have Tamron, uh, she wouldn't have Sherry on. Mm -hmm. 
Now, she came back with this and said that, you know, why are you saying do your research, you know, because I'm a black woman? No, I don't think that's it. It's because they didn't want uh, Sherry on there and they would have said that to a white man or a Latino. Uh, You know, uh, I mean, that that was a really like a a, a victim, uh, you know, like, oh, I'm you know, I'm a black woman. But it's it's like I have. So, so we want so the, the 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 online community and the drag race community to a large degree wants justice. Have charges been pressed? Because that would that would solidify this and presumably lead to, if convicted, uh, criminal charges, which could be what time in jail mm-hmm. or a civil charges, which is is that normally money. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think so, so much harder is they ended up being like damages and community service and yada, yada, yada. Um, I do say, I, 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 I think what in watching the interview, I was like, we're not getting, my issue with it was that we're not getting any new information and this bitch does not seem sorry. I was watching it and I'm like, I'm watching this girl talk on this TV and this is, we're not getting any new information and she, it, it to me, and again, to me, because, but, but perception is everything. We're not. I, she does. She's not acting sorry to me. I don't think she's saying anything to allude that she is on the path to atoning for what she's done. So in so in that regard, I'm like, I can't. A, I'm not fucking forgiving you. A, you don't seem sorry. So why the fuck did you agree to do this if you were not going to? And 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 at this point, you've had a whole year. And and allegedly, after the season aired, she continued this behavior. Now. At the top of the interview, Tamron asked her, after we air this, will more people come out about you, about sexual allegations towards you? And Sherry Powell is basically like, uh, probably. So that leads me to think that you are still doing this into some capacity, even after you came back from filming from Drag Race, when she said that, that, um, that when she came back that she like went to get counseling and she had a therapist and yada 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 but if you're still continuing this behavior well into your therapy or your counseling then are you really sorry and i think that or are you really trying to atone for what you've done well the therapy presumably is not going to work right away listen i don't know sherry i've never worked with her in new york um nor do i know any of the accusers but so when I watched the interview, just like looking for cues, not knowing how she normally behaves, mm-hmm. there were several times where her voice was fluttering as if she might be on the verge of tears. And there was also some times when she giggled, right. whether it was nervously, and it, and it really didn't make it seem like it was serious. I mean... Yeah, yeah. She was like smiling. She like even... And again, again, and we all, Bunny and I, and so, uh, some of you guys obviously listening as well have done press and you have spoken to people and sometimes it is like a nervous giggle or a nervous tick or nervous thing to smile or laugh because you don't know how else to present. And I, and I can only imagine how weird this fucking situation is, but I felt Tamara was asking valid questions and asking questions that we all wanted the answers to but sherry pie just seemed unwilling to give a genuine answer and a genuine thought especially having a year to think about this and a year to prepare and anticipate this interview so it was like why did you go and do this if you were not going to give the public and the listeners and the vis- and, and the watchers real answers and a tangible thing to hold on to but like i'm sorry this like my be like what i wanted to hear was i'm sorry my behavior was fucking disgusting why did i do it and how am i atoning for it those are the four things i wanted to hear and i didn't hear any of that 
Well, she she did apologize and say that her behavior was disgusting. I mean, I don't know if she used that exact words, but she said that she'd caused so many harm, so much harm to so many people. And, you know, I wonder what do we ultimately want to see here? Do we do we want to pop question. up and do we want to pop up and down um, and and and, uh, and and make a stink online? Um, if we're not doing criminal charges, when Sherry is about to go on Drag Race, when she's about to go on Tamron Hall, um, because you know the, the I, I believe it was Ben Shimkus, one of the victims, who said you know she, her social media is active, her um, her website is active. Sp- speculating perhaps or, or perhaps leading people to think that she's going to sell, you know, merch or whatever. Um, and also stating that she should not be allowed to perform in drag. And I just wonder who makes that decision. I mean, you know, Bianca tweeted me the other day and said, but bunny was found dead lying in a pool of gravy. And so I tweeted, I'm back, uh, and I've lost weight, and put a picture of a skull with a blonde wig on it with bangs. And someone tweeted back at me and said, I was an overeater, and this photo actually scared me so much that blah, 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 blah. And, and um, so then I went to his profile. I was, I was thinking, well, did I say something wrong by posted, posting this photo and re- responding to a joke by Bianca, a friend? Um, and he, he, had, he had replied to a weight loss ad on Twitter. So it's like, at some point, do you stay off of the cesspool that is social media if you are so sensitive that you would be traumatized by a weight loss ad or that joke by me or the fact that um, Sherry is, uh, you know, on uh, Instagram again or that her website is is active. I mean, are, 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 is, the, is the trauma the main thing? And if so, um, do we want to keep her off of the TV because she might cause new trauma? Is that what the goal is? Yeah, and I think that's I think that's a big question, right? It's like everyone, as soon as um, Tamron touches having cherry, cherry, Sherry, everyone was like, no, you can't blah, 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 you can't blah, blah. And my thing is like, wh- so what, I guess, what do the victims of this want? And because as, a hu- as human beings all existing on this fucked up planet together, it's like, wh- like, do these people just want her to roll over and die and never be seen in the light of day again? Like, that's just not... Okay, and I think that asking Sherry to disappear from existence is not a realistic conversation or realistic thing to ask for. And I think that a lot of that is going to come with we when we finally see her reap the punishments for what for the behavior that she's done. And I think after that, there can be more realistic expectations of what is going to happen to her in terms of in the in the in the queer community but asking this person to delete all their social media to just disappear from existence that's not that's not how that works and yes i know that you're triggered by seeing her and uh, especially if, if 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 you are a victim of her sexual misconduct or whatever we're calling it um and i get that 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 triggers you and you don't want to see that but and, but just asking her to just cease to exist that just is not going to happen and unless god forbid 
I want to knock on things. I'm not wishing this on her unless you know uh, something with happens with her mortality when she is is not around anymore. Which I don't think asking this person to kill themselves or asking her to off herself so it disappears that's not cool either. So I'm like, I just don't know what the answer is for Sherry in terms of, I mean, maybe it's just blocking her on all your platforms. And, but then again, if she, and she, she was also allegedly still doing, or she did some shows somewhere upstate. She, so she, did, she admitted to doing two shows uh, at a friend's venue. But, but if you're really traumatized by Sherry, do you go around looking for that info or do you bury down, buried, I don't know, burrow down, I don't know what the word, and, 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 and file a court case? I mean, there are, um, you know, pro bono lawyers who work at the ACLU or, right. or abuse, um, you know, rape centers um, that could be contacted. And I just don't know if that is the case. Also, do when do we give people second chances? There are child molesters who get second chances. They may have to be on a registry and you are informed when uh, they move into your neighborhood. Um, if you've got children, mm-hmm. there are murderers who get second chances. And I'll give you another example rupaul was blasted for being the ultimate transphobe because he didn't cast trans people on his reality tv show now that show features a trans man was rupaul the ultimate villain of the trans community redeemed no matter how odious something is to some people Mm -hmm. do we get to take their livelihood away as was suggested with the entire season 12 by out magazine one of the biggest magazines we've had some distance from this now and you know i think we should try to look at it with the level head um and i also do want to just clarify because i know i i've had this conversation with her literally 89 times peppermint was a trans woman and this is not to you bunny but to a lot of people listening out there they're like well rupaul and Kat, peppermint was did identify as a trans woman when she, when she was on the show whether or not she looked to you, quote unquote, looked at the trans woman to you. That's not her fucking problem. She identifies as a trans woman. She's on the show. Just to, for all the people listening out there who maybe not know. She don't look like a trans woman now. No, I'm kidding. She looks like a woman. <laughs> she looks like a woman. Um, lucky for us today on Ebony and Irony Podcast, we are getting an eyewitness account. Danny Marandola will be a guest today. And if you don't know, Dan- Danny Marandola was on the receiving end of Allison Mossy's sl- hat slash Sherry Pie misconduct. So we're going to get to talk to him and we're going to ask him questions. And I think my big question I want to know is what, like, what now? Like, what is your expectation of what should happen to Sherry Pie. I think that's the big thing I want to know. So I know how to govern myself because I, 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 as someone who didn't, who wasn't on the receiving end, I don't know what the answer is and or what the expectation is. So I think getting an idea from a victim is really important to me. And I'm really happy to talk to him today. In the Stereo app today, we are taking your, your questions and comments and concerns about Sherry Pie or um, the Tamron or her Tamron Hall interview. Um, we're really inter- interested in what you guys have to say. So, Bunny, shall shall we start with some calls? Of course. So, on the Tamron Hall interview, Shitty Pie said that she did this because of <laughs> control. I think it's some weird fucking fetish she has. Um, what What do you guys think the psychology behind this is? 
You know, so there's a through line in, in, in through this. And now, remember, Sherry had been doing this for over eight years, apparently. Her main objective was to always beef these guys up. That was like, she always wanted to get them jacked and ripped. And so I think there is some kink slash fetish she has for that. But beyond that, I do think is like some, some, beha- some like some cognitive fucking malfunction that this bitch, she was so methodical and so manipulative and it's because she had been doing it over so long of grooming these people. So she had like an answer and a solution and like, and she had like a thorough plan, like, like way 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 ahead of what of what the victims would ask her this was not a way that sherry sought to actually meet these people and have sex with them if that were the case uh hire a, a bodybuilder escort right she wanted that she was apparently into their you know beginning the use of steroids dangling the role of a superhero over them and uh, and 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 never actually meeting them because this was all done through the proxy of the fake casting agent Allison Mossy. I mean, yeah. Sherry like lied straight through her teeth on on Tamron's show. She said it wasn't a sexual thing; it was a control thing. And I'm, while I'm sure it was both, like if you rewatch her season, if you rewatch season twelve, she like makes multiple references to her like, feeding fetish and, like, her, like, growth fetish. So uh, for her to say it wasn't sexual is just a lie. Like, admit that you are a little twisted. (laughs) Control and sexual, it could be both. I mean, like I say, if you're not ready to hook up with these people or you're not, you know, that's not even the goal. Your goal is to, to deceive them. I mean, was Sherry masturbating during this? I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, again, so she would send, so she could have these, she has all these videotapes of all these egregious things that she made these men do. So for all we know, Sherry Pie has a fucking Dropbox or a Google Drive filled with, again, d- just Danny alone. He said that he did over 800 tapes, with, uh, 800 tapes for Sherry. So also for all we know, Sherry Pie has thousands of these sexual things, the masturbations, allegedly um, having guys put butt plugs in their butts while they read scripts. She has like all these files on some fucking hard drive somewhere. Maybe one day she'll just be a fucking cunt and like release it. You know what I'm saying? Like who knows? Who knows what she's doing with all that stuff? Wait, does does reading a script with a dildo up your butt help your delivery, Monet? Because it doesn't help mine at all. Um... Not in my butt, in my mouth. <laughs> that's what that's what you call a professional. Uh, let's take our last call, Bunny, shall we? Yes. On Stereo Hi, y'all. My name is John. Um, so I feel like it's too early for both Sherry Pie and for Tamron Hall to be trying to make this happen. I, I, I feel like um, while people can redeem themselves, surely... Um, I mean, it's barely been a year since this all became uncovered. Sherry really hasn't apologized for what she's done in a way that seems meaningful and genuine. Um, so I, I just kind of shame on both of them, in my opinion. Thank you, Jambo. Uh, John, I think Jambo John is also a Patreon on uh, Sibling Ivory. So thank you for being a Patreon on that podcast. Um, I don't know how I feel about it being, I mean, 
I guess I, I guess my question to you would be, well, when would be appropriate? Like, are we saying, like, they need to wait, like, five years? If, if a year is not enough, like, five years, like, ten years? Or are you saying that she should, uh, 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 that she should atone more? Like, what is the litmus for when it's long enough, is my question then, you know? Well, also, I mean, how does one stay alive? How does one survive if one cannot work in one's chosen field? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, she chose the field she take her ass down that to the target, is girl. Target, often, target. as we just saw with Gina Carano, uh-huh. subject, subject to public opinion. Target is always looking for cashier. She can take her ass down to the target. I don't see any malintent on Tamron having Sherry as a interviewee. I think that Tamron has been a journalist slash a reporter slash in this field for 30 plus years. And she has interviewed all kind of deleterious people. And, you know, that's kind of what uh, journalists do. You know, um, you think about last year or a year and a half, two years ago, I think, uh, Gail King interviewing R. Kelly, which R. Kelly, I mean, his behavior, Jesus Christ, it was, I mean, it's the lowest of the low. So you think about that and you think of... And everything that R. Kelly did was done in person, not, you know through a fictitious casting agent. Yeah, it was it was literally scum behavior. And, you know, Gail did not interview R. Kelly to absolve him or anything. But again, she was getting at the why and getting him to admit that he did this these things and to, uh, you know, attacking it from that side. So, um, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on Tamron and, and all of that jizz. Um, not, sorry, I didn't mean to get you excited with that word, bunny. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So today, honestly, Bunny and I, we were. This was really important to us because, again, a lot of the grievances about the Tamron Hall show was that it was Sherry again, and um, people really want to uh, hear from the victims of Sherry and um, the situation. So today, we are very happy to have um, Daniel Marindola here. Hey, Danny. Hey. Hi. Welcome. Well, having me. You met Sherry Pie working at Rebar, correct? No, at the Ritz in Hell's Kitchen. At the Ritz. Okay, got yeah. it, got it. So that was your intro to Sherry. Yeah, I was actually running events for uh, the nightlife there. I was doing, I just launched her Wednesdays, and that was going, and that had a bunch of, you know, the Queens, and all famous on that drag race show. Um, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, while I was there, uh, Sherry came in, and she was she was brand new to the city and she had come in and she was just there to watch, but she was in full drag and was a fun personality. And I ended up giving her the job of doing shots and that evolved into her doing shows every night. And then she became part of the casts. And then I kind of took over her career and building a bunch of nights around her and helping manage her because she said she had issues like dyslexia and she was really struggling with like counting money and organizing her life like that. And I was good with the business side of it. So that's how it started. That's how okay. I said it. Mm-hmm. Can, can there there are many different uh, victims? I think there were twelve originally, but now there may be twenty. Uh, and Sherry mentioned on the show that there may be other ones who have not come forward. Can you tell us about your experience with Sherry and the catfishing? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I mean, even the catfishing, it just feels like such an odd word for it because the thing is. is I, 
building out, you know, helping Sherry build her name and career and really being a sidekick. I did a show for two years at Rebar in Chelsea um, with Sherry where I would build a set every every Monday, you know, afternoon for like three hours. And it was a fully tailored, full production value. Um, I'd throw we'd have a hundred dollar set that we'd that I would build and she would kind of direct what she wanted and I'd be right there with her as her Mm co-host. And uh, I co-hosted a show with her, you know, and that kind of came because she had asked me to and I had been a performer for years, but had been managing her and that had built out that she asked me to do this show. And originally I just helped her build the concept, but then they paired a partner with her and she didn't like the partner and asked me to come on. So when I started doing the show, it was going okay, but it was definitely not my favorite thing. And I was trying to perform a little more legit, you know, opportunities. And I was also at the same time doing events. And I wanted to focus a little bit more on that in my schooling. I'd gone back to school. All that being said, um, Sherry and I worked together nearly every day with all the different gigs that I had set her up with weekly gigs. She was doing four a week. And, uh, and you we guys were, were doing, friends. Outside of that, you guys were like friends, and like we were friends. Yeah, yeah. Sherry was Sherry's a strange personality. I mean, period. It, it, it was what it was. Very mm-hmm. theatrical, very over the top, very much hated himself as a boy. Uh, loved being Sherry. I would call him Sherry. Um, that's like how I knew him, not Joey. You know, and that was very open and honest. My mom's a psychologist, and and my brother's oh. got some got some. Uh, issues. Uh, he's on the spectrum and my cousin's mentally handicapped. My mom's a legal guardian. So for me, whenever I see somebody that kind of struggles a little bit, like she was struggling socially a bit, I was like, you know, I can help this person because what a creative mind. And I thought it was really impressive what she could create in the art and how welcoming she made a space for people, you know, straight, gay, trans, whatever. She Mm -hmm. always seemed to be a friendly face for people. And I love that. And I want to support it. And unfortunately, uh, you know, over that time that we were friends, she talked about her friend, Alison Mossy several times. And Allison was her friend that she had done a bunch of casting work with. And she had told me about it, but it was never in a you know relation to me or anybody else that we knew. It was just previous projects. And that's where the grooming, you know, kind of that predatory behavior uh, comes in. And something to really take note of is when she was telling me about this, I didn't question it, you know, years down the road when I was going to leave the, the Monday show. She said, well, I have this opportunity. I'm helping with this casting process as a production assistant for my friend Allison. And I said, oh, the one who you've done all these projects with, you know, it was already ingrained in my head that this person existed and lived. So she was so, so she, she was planting those seeds like, yo, yeah, girl, my friend Allison, she's so crazy. Da, da, da. Oh, my friend Allison, like months before that. Years, years. years. Like it was right Got when it. I met Sherry that Allison came into it. So whether Sherry was so off the rails that she was believing in this character because she mm-hmm. had played this trick on so many people and maybe had thought to do the same to me until she realized I became Sherry would call me like her big brother because I was always able to look out if she needed something on a call. I was happy to do it. Her and other people in the community, um, queens and people needing opportunities. I always wanted to help. I love our community and I very much wanted to support it and do that. And I, uh, I, you know, when Sherry first met me, she goes, you're such a bro dude. You look like a complete asshole. Um, you know, I would never expect <laughs> you to be as nice as you are. And, and it was one of these things that in the community, when I was bartending and things, I realized that was the assumption. But it was a great opportunity when I was able to be able to be a, more a part of the you know community and building out these nights and really supporting our queer artists. And it was yeah. really great. So I, I love the community and I love being a part of it. And, you know, when I was going to leave the show, Sherry offered this opportunity and I got so upset uh that i was going to leave i was going to focus on school but this opportunity's there and it was for a superhero style character 
which was my dream kind of role to be in. And I wanted to be a gay man playing that character because I think that would be so meaningful to the community to have that representation. Yeah. But I was excited about it, you know. And Sherry went into the audition process with me doing a little biography background checklist. So I went into a room to do a self-taping of an intro of who I am and do a script that was given to me. After they liked me, I was told they want to get to know me more. So we're going to get to know you. She had a list of questions that she was told as a production assistant to go through with me. So I sat in a room that I had rented at um, Pearl or one of the studios and I was sitting in there and the questions that were being asked is, what motivates you? What drives you? What is it that you want? Why would you want this role? Why is this important to you? And all the questions that were being asked were, again, which I didn't realize too much later, were manipulative angling for her. She asked these questions to find out why it was meaningful for me to do this role. So when I got upset right. and I said, I don't want to go on steroids, which was something that came down the road, because for me, I've been natural my whole life with how I've gained weight. And I want to be somebody that kids can look up to one day if I get a role like this. Yeah. I don't want to be somebody you know using these substances. And I said all this. So when it came time, it was, don't you want to be a, don't you want this? Don't you want it bad enough? Don't you want to be that character? It was used to kind of push against me every time I would push back. Mm. And it was a constant it, she was so calculated and manipulative. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just want to be clear. Allison Mossy is a casting agent that never existed. Sherry referred to her for years, even though she didn't exist. Correct. And she created email accounts uh, from Allison, uh, would send emails and uh, other producers on the projects um with other names and, and had created these email accounts to correspond with me so that way there was more people involved and it was even more believable mm. Actually, okay. oh, oh, so when i when i was hearing about that i was like but like was she sending these from like at gmail accounts uh, so what happened was after the first two uh, two auditions that I filmed and sent in, I said, I want to speak with people that are involved with this. Like, how do I get that rolling? The yeah. production companies. And she said, well, there's a reason why they've been going through me. And I said, OK, what's up? And she goes, due to the Me Too movement, they're trying to separate the artists from the actual producers on, on the projects. Um, and so oh, that way, yeah. there's no way that you can be manipulated. And so that's part of what they're doing. So they're using production assistance as the in-between because I know you and because you had been out of the acting game for a couple of years and you you know obviously want to get back into it um they want me to work with you on this and i was this like this is such manipulative behavior not just just that is so, so crazy so not uh -huh. even that i said i've already done two of these you know i don't know what else they want from me and sherry said well i got some news they really like you they like your look but you have to get bigger for this role and this is hollywood and unfortunately they want you to grow much quicker than you're going to be able to naturally so i know you're not going to like this but they want you to uh to be using sarah and I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not okay with that. Like, that's silly. Like, I can work out hard. I can eat heavy. And she said, there's no way you're going to be able to get the growth you need. You've already been trying to do that for the last couple months while working on this. And it's not the growth they need. And I said, I, I just, I, so I got an email from Allison and one followed up from Sherry, basically saying that they're disappointed to hear that I'm not willing to take that next step to, to do it. It's very common in Hollywood that, you know, these superhero roles that these individuals are working with coaches health dietitian, blah, blah, blah. But they're also using substances to grow. We all know in the gay community, it's very common, but I just always said I didn't want to do it, you know? So I was leveraged into being told I'm either off the project or I do it, but they'll pay for it. And they'll start paying me weekly to be on this project. 
keep in mind, Allison doesn't exist. None of these people actually exist. This is all coming out of Sherry's pocket. This is all coming for Sherry's own personal desire. So Sherry is paying me, telling me it can't go through them. Now, this is where I say it gets even more manipulative. The money couldn't go through their company because they were encouraging illegal substances. So it has to be filtered through Sherry. So Sherry would give me the money for the steroids for the weekly things. Now, this would all sound sketchy, but who in the right mind would be paying thousands of dollars every month to to me, you know, to like yeah, do that for their own yeah. sick thing? So people will say like, oh, you just wanted the attention. Oh, she was paying for, she was giving you money. You were paid, like you should stop bitching about. No, I was thinking that this was much more legit than it obviously was. And mm-hmm. you don't think that the person who, you know, Sherry would always go on these tangents when I would get upset about something and I would question something. I'd say this casting process is so frustrating or so weird how they're doing this. I understand that this is how it is now, you know, and blah, blah, blah. But still it's frustrating. And she would go and have tantrums and say, you know, Danny, it's so frustrating. Like you built me, you gave me my opportunity. Now I'm on drag race. Now I'm getting these opportunities and it's all because of you. And all I want to do is give this back to you now and fulfill Uh. your dream. And you're questioning all these things and you're getting angry. Like I'm angry for you. I think it's fucking annoying too. this process, but like they're paying you. Do you know how many people in New York, how many actors in New York would kill to be having the opportunity to gain weight, to look as great and muscular as you, uh, you have become and also be being paid weekly to do so and work on great new material. And I mean, I did by the end of this 800 different self-tapings and videos. Eight, oh, eight, my Lord. 800? Now, some of these were rehearsals that I was doing, and I was filming clips and sending them to Sherry. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I would be in that studio four days out of the week. You know, I would be at home, and after a while, I couldn't afford it to be in the studios, even though I was being paid still to keep rent in New York. You know what I'm talking about? It's expensive. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, was, I was like, I got to be more mindful. So I ended up like, converting part of my apartment into a blank backdrop so I could do it in my apartment. It was such incredible manipulation. Wow. Okay. Can I ask you this? Because as someone who uh, has been on auditions, I didn't say I got them. um, I've been on many auditions and they typically send, you know, the sides, the script, and you go there. And now, I mean, this is, you know, what some people are asking. If someone asked me to do... um, to 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 take anything off or to much less take steroids or engage in anything you know sexual i would say this is not legitimate did did you i mean if you're doing 800 tapings on some level did you suspend your disbelief at something i mean because most acting roles don't come with steroid use obviously the explanation is that it's a superhero but did being did sherry being a friend and reassuring you make that seem more real because it seems like it would arouse suspicions i trusted the person i was working with you know and i go into the studios i think it's so incredible how manipulative it was because i go into these rehearsal studios and i would walk in and Sherry would be sitting in the corner waiting waiting to start if she got there earlier or would walk in and 90% of the time would come in looking annoyed. And I'd always ask, you know, why are you upset? 
because I had to gig until four o'clock in the morning. But then, of course, I'm up at eight o'clock taking calls from the different producers wanting to make sure we get this right with Danny, make sure we get that right with Danny. And it's constantly like my whole life revolves around making sure that you're doing everything you need to because they're wow. paying you. And, and so I would walk into these daily situations of being told how frustrating it was for Sherry to have to be this correspondence and how annoying the process was for Sherry that I would believe that I, I couldn't fathom it not being real. And, and, and you started and, feeling bad for yourself. You're like, oh, I, I, I hate that this is so annoying. I hate that I that you're so frustrated. And I would have to have mm. these talks of like reassuring Sherry and saying how grateful I am that he's taking the time. And that's like that leveraging. Like I would say, you know, I'm so, I know it's frustrating, but you're here. You're being paid by this company to be here. And I know that you're trying to blow up right now with your drag race stuff. And this is frustrating. But I really need you to understand, like, I have to be in here with my head on straight doing these, you know, run throughs and spending the money on the rehearsal studios. We need to be focused and I can't have you upset. But like, I understand you're frustrated. And, I, and it was it was that and it was that I worked and I would go into the different shows that I had with Sherry. We had one on Fire Island over a summer and we also had one on Mondays at, at Rebar. And when every week on the microphone, Sherry's talking about this incredible opportunity that Danny's working on and sharing that with the audience. It again is like Sherry is preaching to everybody. So when this all came to be, you can imagine my incredible embarrassment of yeah. looking out at these people who I had, she had boasted about all this with for so long. Um, so to, to yes, I suspended my disbelief because of all the things that I was seeing and hearing and feeling. And I understand the steroids uh, are like a shocking thing, but I was also being paid. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was being paid to believe that that was real. And I understand also with all these self tapings, like at some point you got to be like, well, what the heck? Well, I also was thinking to myself, I'm sending these into different email accounts and uh -huh. I'm, I'm, I'm asking Sherry that I want to see the emails from these producers and she would pull up emails to her email account from these other producers. She was on those fake email accounts sending emails to herself so that way she could prove to me that they exist. Like wow. this producer sent her a message at 8 a.m. So she would literally spend the time to send herself those emails at that time. So when the time came to be that I asked, I, I want to see the email from them. I don't believe this anymore. I, like, I'm so frustrated by this. Or and it was, I don't believe that they're asking this. And it would be, well, here it is. Now, in regards mm. to nudity or any sexual things, I was in my underwear or small shorts for all of them because that's what the character wore. I never got butt naked and jerked off. I didn't do any of, you know, anything obscene because I said, mm. if I get hired for a role, I'll be naked on camera for a professional camera. There is no need to see my goodness until the time is being <laughs> like on set. Yeah. Which is yeah, not yeah, right. yeah. Right. And then, and then, so, and then, so, Sherry leaves for Drag Race. What was the light like? How did you, how did you finally realize that this was a farce and this was not real? And you, she had been. Uh, yeah. So, because Sherry was going to be going away, I was then sent emails from Allison asking me if I wanted somebody else to take the place of Sherry in the interim. Or if I wanted to wait until Sherry returned to continue working with her, because, again, Sherry would be in the rehearsal studios working on the scenes. And and I said, well, I mean, at this point, I don't need a coach. I know what I'm doing. We're we're about a year into this. You know what I mean? I, I know what I'm doing. Um, and I said, I think I can manage while she's gone. My only issue is the financial side of it. Um, and I was then sent back a, well, then if you're going to be, you know, able to do this, I'll have Sherry give you some money up front. We'll, you know, plan on Sherry being gone for half the time. And then if you need anything, you know, you can check in with me via email in like six weeks or something like that. 
Um, but otherwise, in the meantime, she'll have enough money to give you so a, you know a, a bigger cut up front, and then you can work on these two scripts while she's away. So I was then working on these scripts and sending them off. And so when Sherry was away, I was thinking this is all you know as planned, and I, I didn't think anything of it. And then after it got to a point where I'd been working on this for like a year and a half, I said. It's just not right. It's not right. I need to speak with somebody. I don't know, but I'm at 215 pounds. I started at 175. What? I've gained, uh, I've gained all this weight. I was eating 6,000 calories. You know, anywhere from wow. four to six. I was, and I was doing it healthy. You, you I had know, coaches. I was. No, Danny, that happened to me too, but it didn't involve steroids. <laughs> 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 um, I I put on all this weight and it was really like I had people that were in the bodybuilding world, you know, coaching me on this and I was getting the advice to make sure I didn't harm myself. I had been honest with my doctor about what I was doing and they were doing regular checks to make sure, you know, everything was in basically healthy standards in regards to my heart and everything else. Um, so then it came time to kind of bust it all out, you know, and, and catch her in everything um so when she left so so while she was gone is when you had the realization you're like this no so like did, did you like email allison like i want to talk to you i sent a message to allison and it took two weeks to hear back um and it was when sherry got back she wrote me a message and she said sherry said i'm so sorry um i've been away i'm going to call you in a little bit i just want you to check your venmo because allison sent over a bunch of money um to make sure that you know you're you're situated and sent me over like two grand or something like that and and so i received this money and i was thinking well this is weird because allison replied to my my email and sherry goes i have some big news about allison that i need to update you on and so i was like okay so i get on the phone with sherry and she's like i'm so happy to hear your voice I'm so happy to be back blah 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 but uh i want to let you know that allison mossy's family was involved in a um drive by or a mass shooting a mass shooting and i said wait what? what and i mean i have all this in text and in emails um it, it it was she was involved her family was involved and she lost several family members to a mass shooting and i was like huh and she goes she's been out of touch because she's been grieving and dealing with that um she wanted me to let you know i had called and spoken with her but she sent over money right away and that's now in your account and i was like okay and then we went into several weeks more and things just started to feel weird uh sherry started making comments about asking if i would be comfortable with managing her on tour if i would want to do these different things in regards to drag race and i had said to her you know in all honesty i i'm planning on be being doing this professional role i've been casting for for all this time right i'm not about to be your assistant like i'm setting myself up for my future what are you talking about and uh and it just felt disconnected. It felt weird. And I started to, and I, in that time, because that production was supposedly put on hold, I was asked to start sending in stuff for Nightmare Before Christmas because that was going to supposedly go to Broadway. Now, I had done my research, and that show will never be on Broadway due to the ownership and rights on it. So Jack. I said, uh, something is wrong here. I know it's wrong. Disney mm -hmm. will not release this, and the, the writers on it won't. I'm like, you're lying to me. Something's wrong here. And so the red flags go up, and I say, I need proof of the bank. I need proof of the emails again. I want to see all the emails. And she said, okay okay and she brought in and she had email correspondence because she had created all these emails back and forth and i thought well shit I just accused my friend who's going through a lot of stress of lying to me and like straight up just like lost my shit and she's milking it she's saying like i'm such a bad friend and i'm betraying her and that i didn't trust her and like how dare i she's devoted so much of her life and i'm feeling bad for a second and then i'm thinking 
no. My gut is telling me no. My gut's been telling me no. Mm-hmm. I got to go further with this. I said, I need bank account proof. Four weeks went by, and every week I wanted bank account printouts of the money being transferred from Allison to Sherry. Sherry. It's the mm-hmm. only thing that she couldn't fabricate. It's the only thing that she couldn't have made up. I thought if she's absolutely batshit insane, this this person could have created email accounts. Sure. She could have created all these scripts. She could have spent all this money out of her pocket. But there's no way. There's there's no way that she can fake this bank account. So I ask. I keep getting this avoidance bullshit. One week that she was supposed to provide it for me on our Monday show. She came in and told me that her dog died and that she um, back home and that she was really upset and she was talking to her mom and she turned what was supposed to be that conversation into this saga, the sob story. Next week, she was filming the promo. The following week, she came in and she tells me her aunt died. It's again, all this deflection where I'm not going to ask about fucking bank accounts if your, your aunt's dead. Then she came in the fourth time and I was done. I said, I don't believe this anymore. I need tomorrow you to come into our rehearsal uh, set up for the show. And I need you to bring in bank account proof. It's done. I need it. I don't trust it. And she, she has a meltdown on me and says, fine, I'm, I'll bring it in. The next day she comes in. And before that even happened, I joked with one of my friends, there's going to be some bullshit catastrophe. Um, because at this point, I felt like uh, I'm feeling like I'm catching her in something. She's acting weird, defensive. And uh, she says to me, that uh, her she in, at eight o'clock in the morning, I said, I'm going to get a text saying some dramatic thing. Eight o'clock in the morning, she says that her mom has found a lump in her breast and she's not sure if she can do the show. That like, is OK. Um, so I show up and again, I have all this. I'm happy to share it. You, if you need proof. any yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. proof on this. Um, no, I believe so you a thousand percent. This is insane. I'm so sorry to hear about your mom. But we get to the rehearsal and I said, did you bring the bank account stuff? And she has a full meltdown saying she's worried about her mom and I'm worried about bank account stuff and starts having this meltdown and calling me a horrible friend again and blah, blah, blah. And has this meltdown. Now, I have half a mind to call her mom, you know, and be like, do you really got a lump in your breast? Because this is where I'm at with this, you know? Yeah. And so she says to me, um, you know, Build the set. This needs to be done. We need to get through the show. But I don't know if I can keep doing the show with you. And she's being super dramatic. And I'm like, this is, you're caught. You're, you're yeah. busted. Yeah. So I leave that day from building out the set. And I send her a text. I spoke with my friend as a lawyer. And I came up with a plan that I said, you say that you're associated with HBO and Amazon Productions on this. And that that's who you're working with, along with several other producers. I want to let you know I've sought out legal counsel and they've advised me to reach out to those companies. And if, in fact, you are not working with them as a production assistant, it's fraud to impersonate uh, that you're working with that company and representing them. And I want you to know that I will be going forward with legal action. And so I sent this off and the response I got back was the admission of guilt, the full apology. And I did this and listing it all out. I asked the questions. Are you kidding? So you made up all these scripts. You are Allison Wasu. You are all these other email accounts. And it was, yes, I am. And bop, 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 bop. And, and did your lawyer advi- advise you to press any further charges? I mean, whether that is fraud or, uh, you know, or, or sexual misconduct? Absolutely. So I was working with two different lawyers, my friend and also a legal team outside of him um, that specializes more in this kind of defraud defrauding of somebody um so i i spoke with with them and the issue was sherry didn't have any money she has no value for me to sue her for damages and in regards to criminal i spoke with uh, a prosecutor out of virginia that was a friend of a friend or the brother of a friend and he had said there's no prosecutor that will press charges on this because the damages are just emotional and that's not generally a criminal 
case mm. that you can go up against. So you're not going to have anything there. If I was you, I would set up your case and I would I would I would sue Sherry for all that she has at this point for all the damages and loss of wages and emotional and blah, blah, blah. So as we were working out the case, um, I obviously had told off sherry i had talked to other people in in the world of sherry other venues that work with her and informed them and because she was associated with the show they were getting all this press i said if y'all want to make your money and keep her fine just know i won't be working there and i don't support it and all the oh so, so, so you spoke to like the, the rebar and the place that sherry worked and you let them know and they were still like no bitch we're keeping her on staff sorry and Got so it. I was like, wow, my community, this is so great. Um, yeah. And then I, I contacted different queens and the queens were all in shock. The girls from her season had heard about it, started to reach out. You know, a lot of people, and let's just call it like it is, wanted to be in on it for the drama element of it. Well, I was kind of going through the hardest shock of my life um mm. i got off the steroids and had to work with uh an epidemiologist i had to work with to figure out my hormone levels to get mm. off of the stuff i got off of the steroids and my estrogen levels spiked seven times the top level a man should ever be so i was in basically transition at that point because my wow. estrogen was so high um so we my sister your sister we hear your sister <laughs> <laughs> so my system was all out and i was going through some depression. I mean, it was really bad. I had to speak with a lot of people, get a lot of work done on my system. And it was a very hard emotional time. But I was still working with the lawyers to try to get some kind of something from this and figure out how to approach yeah. it. And that's when Ben announced on Facebook that he had gone through this Allison Mossy uh, scenario where he had been given a couple scripts to do. And then more people came forward saying the same. And at that point, my lawyer said, there's going to be nothing in damages because of the mass amount of people. And right now you need to do what you originally wanted to do. And that's come forward. So other people can't be hurt by Sherry, because if they don't have proof, if these people are all just saying with accusations, they, they don't have proof that she actually did these infractions or, or caused these crimes. There's not going to be any action taken by VH1. And so I spoke with NBC and I did the article with them. And because I had physical proof via text and phone calls of Sherry, admitting her guilt and i mean i did it strategically when she told me she did it i asked questions like so why would you have me on steroids the way that you did right risking right. my health and she answered i'm so sorry i knew i was damaging you i knew i was threatening you i mean i got it all and so when i sent that off nbc connected that to vh1 producers and that's actually what caused jerry to be booted from the show but and I just I, I just want to say out loud for people who maybe listen to this as myself being someone involved in entertainment and acting and whatever and people listening to this like well I just wouldn't but when you are in this industry like you know opportunities are few and far between and when someone is promising you and grooming you for a superhero role as we all know these are huge moments now being uh, Captain Marvel or Captain America or Green Lantern whatever it is these are moments that can literally change. Your, not just your life, but your, your your family's life and everything. So people who listen to this are like, well, I just wouldn't. If you are not in the industry, it's hard to understand why someone would go this far to get a role. But these, again, these moments are so, especially for queer folk too, to, to, to get the, the window of opportunity to come to something like this, it is hard to pass up and you're just like, and you believe it because you're like, this is something that can change my life. So I completely get it. The reason that I'm focused on the lawsuits and curious about them, are there other victims who are going through with this because it seems like you know this has popped up when sherry was announced on drag race and it has popped up when uh 
Sherry was about to appear on Tamron Hall because it was, you know, traumatizing to the victims. But is is there a way to reach out to like, I don't know, an ACLU or rape center or a sexual abuse center? And because it seems like trying them in the court of public opinion and, you know, online with Facebook statements doesn't have the same weight as a guilty sentence. I just wonder if every avenue has been exhausted with that. Sure. When I so when I started to seek legal counsel, Sherry got wind of it one way or another. Small community, right? Like, and mm-hmm. I was upset. So I was saying, I'm going to see this bitch for everything that she has. I was I was furious. I was I was really broken up and in a very dark place. And when I when I started to hear from people um, within the community that are very close with Sherry, I got a phone call one day, and I'll just say the gentleman's name, Kevin, reached out and said, you know, I want you to know, Danny, that uh, I just spoke with Sherry. And I said, I don't condone any of what has happened. And Sherry, this was while you know, Drag Race had just been announced and she stopped doing her gigs for about a week or two prior to uh, the show and everything like that. And everybody in New York was like, what's going on? And she had said that she was going upstate for mental health reasons and blah, blah, blah. Kevin called me to tell me, you know, Danny, you're going to be uh, you're going to be a little bit frustrated. But I just got off the phone with Sherry and Sherry said that she is reaching out to her um, childhood psychologist and she's trying to get uh, a mental illness uh, basically a script saying that she has a mental illness. Um, and I told Sherry, I think she has borderline personality disorder when all this was happening. I told her that she needed to go talk to um, who she needed to talk to and blah, blah, blah. Um, and with that, she ended up claiming that she has borderline personality disorder way back when. She hadn't gone to a, a, a person yet. And mm. when she talked with Kevin, she said to Kevin on the phone that how stupid is Danny going to look trying to sue me when I have a legal document saying that I'm mentally ill and unstable. She was already planning her strategic way to approach it for mental health reasons that she did what she did. The only reason why that didn't ever come out was because Ben uh, ended up making that statement. So many people had like gone through it with her and Al- excuse me, Alison Mossy, that it was the, the legal side of it was it, it's very struggle. It's very much a struggle for me to think that this can all happen and there's nothing that can be done. Um, I, I have spoken with again uh, my friend who's a lawyer, and I, he said at this point because she keeps trying to be in the limelight, keeps trying to get her face on TV by taking these interviews and. If this is the case and what she's going to do, I would recommend you go in and speak with a detective or you go in and speak with somebody. And if nothing else, get a restraining order against her. So that way she can't come back into the venues that are nearby where you live. And furthermore, you may get lucky and get a prosecutor that says this is in the public eye and this is something that we can try as criminal. And so that's something that I'm personally looking into doing once I get back to New York City because of the Tamron Hall. Um, interview. So, so that brings me to the Tamara Hall interview. So, the the only way that she can atone to you is by criminal charges being filed. Because when everyone was upset about the Tamara Hall interview, Ben Shimka tweeted, and rightfully so. My question was, well, what do we do? Because again, having her cease to exist, the only way to get it not to exist is for her not to exist. So, I guess what is like what is the answer? I think that's a really like tough question, and I respect like that you're curiosity and wanting to ask that and i'm sure everybody else is too and the truth is i don't know like therapy Mm -hmm. for me and trying to move forward and trying to see that light and trying to move on with my life and accept it happened that somebody out there can be this manipulative that somebody Mm -hmm. out there can do these things 
that's a lot to swallow for me. And I don't have all the answers. I can tell you that yeah. I think that he is an incredibly dangerous person. Um, I think him going on the show and having nothing new to say except for, I'm sorry for what I did. I don't know why I did it. Why you did it is because you're a sexual predator. I mean, the things that I was doing on those videos were gaining weight and talking about how big and muscular I want to be and how I want to be this giant, grotesque creature that's growing by injecting a serum into my system. And that's because he's obsessed with that body type. Sherry used to post on his Instagram or her Instagram um, these pictures of very, very large jacked guys mm -hmm. and that was that's clearly what she gets off to and right. so having these scripts having me gain the weight was for a sexual reason there's no reason otherwise there's no reason to do that i mean you want to say control you're already controlling my life i didn't go to meet my my ex-boyfriend's uh family because i was having to go for a last minute rehearsal i didn't go home for christmas two years in a row because i could have potentially in-person uh auditions sherry managed my life by controlling me with these scripts and sending me more money from production. I know it sounds and people will always wonder, how did you not catch on sooner? How did you not? How did you not know? And all I can say is, I'm not an idiot. I'm a very intelligent person. I have an education. And Sherry is an incredibly great con. You can say what you want about me. And I'm not bothered by any question that's being asked. You can ask any of the most uncomfortable questions. Believe me, people have and have made many of accusations, have had plenty of hate calls to me. I'm not ashamed to talk about it. I was at first. I was so humiliated. I felt so stupid. And I felt so betrayed. And I felt so lost in regards to like, I can't show my face anymore. I publicly admitted for the safety of others that I've done steroids. Like these are really horrible things I never wanted to be associated with, but it is what it is. You know, I, yeah. I really did think what I was doing was so I could be something much greater than I am. Did you watch the Tamron Hall interview? I did. Yeah. Is there anything that Sherry Pie could do that would warrant her having a second chance for you in your mind i think that sherry needs to go away i think sherry needs to go and be uh, committed because i think sherry the severity of her actions you can't say that you're seeking therapy and just that be enough you need to be institutionalized the fact that you are so comfortable having manipulated so many people and saying, I'm sorry, I don't really understand why. Well, if you don't really understand why you were doing it, then you haven't done the work to figure it out. If you want to know what you need to do, what you need to do is get the help that you need. And to say that you're getting therapy and going to a therapist, I don't believe it. I don't buy it because I, I believe that he lies constantly to win over people's emotions. Mm. And so to answer that truthfully, I want him to accept that he's not welcome. And this is my opinion, but he's not welcome in the he's tarnished the drag community. He's not welcome to be a drag performer in my eyes. And it, I think the community should feel that way. I mean, he made our culture, our queer culture, the drag culture, even, you know, the, the trans community associated with the gay community. He put this horrible light on our community and everybody looked at it and said, mm, see, gays, those, those are fucking weirdos. The drag queens are perverts. Like this is a stigma that's been associated with drag for so long of calling the community perverts and pedophiles. And then you have somebody come on and do these horrible things and get all of this attention and then do an interview about it again. You, you keep 
looking for that attention. It's about you getting the attention, about you being in the eye of everybody. And it is the worst representation of our community. And you don't have a place in it anymore. I, you can be gay. You can be in the community, blah, blah, blah. Do the work. Work on you. But I don't think you need to be a drag performer. Go work at McDonald's or something. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see you having a chance to be able to be impactful on young minds. I just, I don't know what it is. I, I can personally say I don't ever want to see Sherry again. Um, you know, I don't I don't know that there's anything that could be done. Institutionalize yourself. Let me hear about it from a professional saying that he's been seeking help for months in an institution and this is what's going on. Maybe then I'll believe it. But to have somebody that lied and betrayed me so detailed and so expertly with that manipulation, how do I honestly believe when you get on Tamron Hall and you sit there and you say, I'm so sorry, I've been seeking help. I've been getting the help. I don't trust you. Why would I believe that? Why do? And I don't want anybody else to. And that's what I want to say is like, I don't trust it. So I don't know. I don't know that he could do anything because what he did is so horrible. Well, you have every reason not to trust her ever again. I mean, that's that's plain. I mean, but criminals have been rehabilitated from murders. I mean, is it it, it, apart from institutionalizing herself? Could she volunteer for an abuse center? Could she make amends, you know, by making that her public forum? I don't know what is going to make her go away. I mean, if she doesn't want to go away, when you watch the, the, the Tamron Hall interview, sometimes she seemed to be giggling. Sometimes she seemed to be, you know, her voice fluttering as if she were on the, 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 the verge of tears. Did that bring up anything for you? Any observation? Uh, uh, so watching, watching that interview for me, it was obviously the first time I had seen Sherry, um, since everything had Mm -hmm. happened and Sherry went on to the interview and sat there and had nothing more to say than, and I want to point this out, I guess, because it bothered me. And I, what I took away from it was this, he said that he has spoken with several psychologists and psychiatrists. I want to just make it very clear. Generally speaking, if you're going to a psychologist or a psychiatrist, you tend to go to one, maybe two. He said he's seen all of these psychiatrists and psychologists. That makes absolutely no sense. That's why I don't believe it. It's it's mm. this constant, I'm going to tell you everything you want to hear. But in all honesty, I have been going to a trained professional five days out of the week. I've been going to somebody. It's, it's a lot more matter of fact if you're actually doing the work. To put out these generalized statements, I don't buy it. And you go on there and you're asked these questions and you say, I completely understand everything that I did. No, you don't, because if you understood it, you wouldn't be standing there or sitting there on this on this Tamron Hall show trying to explain yourself in some way. And I'm grateful that there was so much backlash. I'm beyond grateful for the community saying this platform shouldn't be given to Sherry. And I think it really made Tamron think twice about how to interview Sherry. I don't know what it would have been otherwise. I respect Tamron Hall. I respect that, you know, this is going to happen. I was afraid it was going to happen because he was still being represented, as I understood, from many people by two different companies. Um, Sherry was never signed off on the contracts that he was originally signed to. And so knowing that, I was fearful that this return was going to happen, especially because he was trying to get this mental health, you know, permission this platform to be able to go and say i have i had borderline personality disorder now i've i've worked on that and i'm better after just a year look up if a person is borderline personality disorder look up how long their treatment is 
do that. Just look it up and you're going to find that somebody isn't absolved of borderline personality disorder in a matter of eight months or a year. And, and the fact that she goes on to say, I've been doing the work. But if you'd done the work, you'd have a lot more acknowledgement of what you've done yeah. and what why you're doing it. And, and I felt like that was clearly that it was the same sherry pie that I saw when I found out. It was the I don't know why I did this. It had nothing to do with it being sexual, which is just bullshit. You don't ask people to jerk off on camera. I feel so bad for those victims, for those victims to have sent those videos that these videos live forever. All of my audition tapes. Sherry says, I don't have any of that material. I'm sorry. We sent it via email. It lives in your email. And I don't yeah. trust you. This this perverse person is is not is going to delete all of this it could very simply be on a server it could come out in you know five years down the road because he decides he's going to be spiteful i feel mm. horrible for those victims and even the stuff that i did it's very vulgar and it's very disgusting and it's something that's so outside of myself that felt like such a stretch to do acting wise and to be in my underwear or in a tiny pair of shorts doing it because i had to show my body during this process it's really it's it's truly incredible that this that's where I wonder if there could be a legal side of it to go and like take back those items or make those accounts disappear. But again, when talking with lawyers, they don't think there's anything there. And that's really hard pill to swallow. But it is what it is. Yeah, it's all really incredulous behavior. And honestly, to I didn't know, like hearing your obviously an eyewitness account. It just seems like she truly has a lot of mental work to do and all of the intricate acting that all this would have taken and like setting up the thing, like sending yourself emails at 7 a.m. and blah, 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 and just taking into account all that. It truly, truly, truly was like dark. it's honestly like some shit you see like yeah it's really dark it's like some shit you see in like a fucking villain origin story like some like crazy like really really manipulative like really intricate planning and like playing chess but like, kind of like playing like mental chess on how to like make it all work and to sell the story and like the manipulate it's it's truly 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 really dark it's crazy and when I had found out, I had said, how could you possibly have come up with all of these scripts and all this material? And she said, well, she found them, uh, found one. And then she just elaborated on it. But she had done it, which I didn't realize at the time until everybody else came forward. She had been doing it for seven or eight years prior. And she had worked all these scripts with other people. So she was pulling yeah. out her Rolodex. She had worked out this hustle over years and years and years. Yeah. So it was pretty damn perfected. So when people want to say, how did she pull you? Because any question I had, she'd already dealt with it with somebody. She'd already done it, she yeah. She was prepared. Mm. She had a script. She had a plan. She had fake emails. She had money. The money was the most, I mean, how, how many people how does she afford? Expect? Yeah, how does she afford that? Because she has gone to say that she doesn't have a good relationship with her, with, with her dad. And I'd heard before that she doesn't have a good relationship with her mom. So how was she afford? And again, I was a New York City queen working fucking six nights a week except Friday, like making uh, 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 on the top end of what a local queen would make. So I'm like, how did she? I, and I cannot fathom sending someone thousands. Like at, at the end of at the end of all of it, of like give a rough a rough estimate about how much Sherry would have given you over the course of this whole two years, like a rough like estimate. Oh, twenty something thousand. Wow. Um, yeah, and I couldn't do that. Does she have her own like family money or is so what ended up coming out too is I said, How the fuck could you afford all this? And it and it came out that her mom had been paying her rent because she would get on the phone with her and she admitted this in one of the messages to me, um, that 
She said she had been having her mom pay her rent and telling her that she's not being paid at her gigs. So that way her mom would take care of her rent when she couldn't afford to because she was paying me. And so she would literally take her money from her gigs during that week and be sending it to me for wow. steroid purchase or the, and I wasn't being paid a fortune each week, but it was enough with my Monday show to deem it worthy of, I can be a full-time performer right now, which as mm -hmm. anybody in that world knows, or this world knows, it's incredibly hard to be a full-time performer and being able yeah. to have that luxury of paying my rent and also being able to be creative and do a show and rehearse for stuff and be able to get to the gym. I was basically being paid to work out. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. I thought I was getting set up for a great future and, um, you know, that how how he justified that. I feel horrible for his mother. His mother's a wonderful woman. His mother would take us out for dinner um, in New York every once in a while when she would come to town and would spoil us whatever STK steak like we're going out, we're doing it up. And her mom had high, fine taste. And I, I just feel awful for her, like what she has had to deal with with you know, Joey as a son and all this, can you imagine the humiliation? And I don't know whether, you know, mom's still supporting. I would assume so because he doesn't have an income. Um, right. But mom was always so generous and always so kind and such a hard worker and put Joey in private schools for um, theater early on because he didn't get, you know, didn't fit in with people and just has always been a really wonderful person and blew all this money, um, $40,000 on drag race, getting Sherry's costumes and things paid for all of it out of pocket. Um, wow. and put all the money that she had, you know, she has tons of savings or whatever. Mom, I guess does done very well for herself, but what to say his mom must be <laughs> work had taken all this money basically from mom and now wow. mom ends up not getting paid back for any of it because my my son's a, a predator like right so his mom had so it's safe to say his mom had no idea she she, she had no idea no what was going on if if his mom had any inkling his mom would beat his ass and i Got mean it. that is the type of mom she is she was a hard tough woman who only has fine taste now because she grew up literally living in like a trailer with joey at one point when the husband left and like Got worked it. her way out so it's really pathetic that joey turned out the way that he did with such a wonderful mom got it mm. well you know i have to admit that i did not i mean I, i'm not i don't see all of drag race and i had a very limited understanding of this based on screenshots that are being forwarded on social media and you know it's been great to talk to you and hear yes. your personal side because you know and we appreciate you coming on because it's not an easy thing to talk about mm -hmm. but it's definitely uh, uh, opened my eyes and 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 made me realize how this could easily be traumatic absolutely yeah. i'm so grateful traumatic. for you guys letting me on the platform to like kind of share this with your of podcast course. The following that you have is, is my community. You know what I mean? It's what yeah. I'm part of. And the hardest part is seeing so much hate come in towards towards myself and other people saying, you know, you're trying to take Sherry's spotlight and she's such an artist. Listen, Sherry was an incredible artist, very creative mind. But what she did is absolutely awful. And uh, I appreciate being able to say it in a place that it will be shared amongst the community. Um, absolutely. And I've been very cautious to talk with people about it because one, it is traumatic. And two, I don't want to keep feeding it power. So it's nice to be able to get it out in like a large platform one shot. So thank you for the opportunity to come on. Of course. Thank and to any so fucking much. dumb, to any fuckers who are sending any of those messages, y'all, bitch, to quote Hillary Clinton, delete your fucking account. All right. Like that, like that is so stupid. But Danny, again, echo what Bunny said. And thank you so much for coming on here and being so vulnerable and being so open. I think this is going to open a lot of people's eyes to the gravity of, of the situation because people read stuff and the EW thing. And, but to hear, 
it and to like hear it from an eyewitness perspective it's i i know i am like so gag i'm like wow i didn't realize and to hear oh, how like intricate 89 it is, so this is crazy. and twisted yeah twisted dark and disgusting yeah, that was honestly, I'm so happy that we had Danny on the podcast. This was so enlightening and eye opening to me. I had no idea the gravity and the severity and the crazy manipulation involved in all of this. Yeah, I mean, it's very different to read about someone's screenshots and then actually to speak to someone who is involved. And actually, guys, um, we actually interviewed Latrice Royale. That whole interview is, is coming out next week, but she gave us this really, um, this was, but listen to her hot take about the Sherry Price situation. Do you believe in second chances? At what point do we stop forgiving people? When? The answer to that is never. Like you never stop forgiving people. Like that. Like that's the only thing that can keep us moving forward is forgiveness. And if we hold on to um, old values and old ways and traditions and ideals, we will never grow and prosper. And this is why we're here, where we are now, still fighting for civil rights and equality because people have the, those views and think that their way of thinking is correct when it's not. It's outdated and. So, um, yeah, do I believe in second chances? I, my life is a, like I'm a testimony of second chances. And I knew that I was not going to squander that. Like it takes you to go through something to get through something. And then once you get through that, you have a realization of your your issues and the problems that you cause and your participation in why things went so poorly. Take responsibility for that. Grow from that. Uh, is it too soon maybe for her? Maybe. Maybe mm -hmm. too soon. However, I do believe that she deserves a second chance. I think she deserves to live her life and does not deserve to be punished for some, a crime that was committed. Um, you know, not that's punishable by our law, obviously, because she's not in jail. Uh, but yeah. um, you got to work for it and you can't expect people to just uh, turn a blind eye to it you have to be vocal and outright about it own it 100 percent. i saw her on the tamarind show um a lot of reviews were the fact that she didn't say much more than she said before so it wasn't um, yeah uh, an awakening uh of anything new so um except that, that she did say issue. there may be more victims girl out there. that was the crazy part that part um, so mm. you know like eek cringe you know she got a lot of repair to do um and i wish her the best but girl yeah. girl 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 yeah <laughs> yeah and that's that bunny another episode down buddy you know we are let me count how many episodes we got i think this is like episode number seven i did not know i would enjoy doing this podcast so much you can count <laughs> one two three four five six this is our seventh episode bunny look at that we're that we, we have a podcast for every day of the week Oh, don't make me cry. <laughs> um, I'm excited for Latrice next week, and it's it's, it's, it's going to be a fun episode. So, y'all, again, thank you for listening. You guys are turning us out. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll see y'all next week. Podcast Network.